Joey, the red button is record. It's recording. We're here. We are live, finally, at the Reno Fan Podcast. The Reno Fan Podcast is... Shout out to the live bl- band playing some smooth tunes. Smooth. Smooth tunes. Smooth tunes. You gotta have uh, you gotta have tunes. And you gotta have a live band. Yeah. Yeah. They're just back yeah. behind the wall. Behind the wall. Behind the whole plane, yeah. My name is Joey, and this podcast is designed to help equip parents to be the spiritual leaders of their home. But this podcast comes with a massive disclaimer, and that is I am no expert parent. Neither is your guest. <laughs> no, no expert. And uh, But I do want to get better. You probably feel the same way, so my hope is that we learn together. The Reno Fan Podcast is a ministry of Renovation Church in Hampstead, North Carolina. Also brought to you by the live remake of The Lion King based on the logo. <laughs> There it is. Yes. Can you feel? If you look closely, ladies and gentlemen, Nala and Simba are rubbing heads with each other, (laughs) which is the lion way of saying, what up? What up? What up? (laughs) Well, today on the podcast, we have Stuart Hall. And according to the bio that his wife wrote, he is a uh, 30-year veteran of working with teenagers and influencing the 30-plus years, but keep going. 30-plus. Yeah. That's a long time. It just means that I knew Jesus when he was in high school. I'm 30 plus years old. So. <laughs> oh, Stuart is oh, the director oh. of student leadership <laughs> and leadership networking for Orange and also leads an initiative called Influencer. That part's true. Dedicated to creating student leaders worth following. Worth following. Yeah, it's big. Everybody's a leader, but are you a leader worth following? That's we true. should talk about that sometime. We will. We'll do that on the next podcast. <laughs> on the next one. That's all right. Are we still pressing record? <laughs> of course. So. For those of you joining in, this is our third try at this. Uh, first time in. He's co-authored three books, The Seven Checkpoints, Seven Principles Every Teenager Needs to Know, and Max Q, Developing Students of Influence with Andy Stanley. I'll always notice my name is very small on that book. There's a reason why I'm the co-author. Co-author. But what in 10 seconds, what is it like to write a book with Andy Stanley? English class hell. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know who Andy Stanley is, you may know his dad, yes. Charles, Charles who actually announced today that he is stepping down really? as pastor at First Baptist Atlanta. Wow. Yes, that's a big, I mean, he big, was big deal. Known as America's pastor. For real. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but he had just announced it today. Wow. Yeah, and that's something. He's going into retirement. Yeah. Yes. Good for but him. Andy is his black sheep child. <laughs> uh, and, oh, the last book, Wired, uh, for a life of leadership worship. Edition. Yeah. yeah, leadership edition with Louis Giglio. So completely different experience. <laughs> Very different. Stewart speaks everywhere. Big stuff camps, the Orange Conference. He'll even speak in a tent with no AC in the middle of July. Shout out Crowder's Ridge. Come on, Crowder's Ridge. Stewart is married, way out of his league to Oof. Kelly. Oof, way out. Oh, let's just pause for a second. Okay, keep going. Okay, all right. He has three <laughs> children that are more talented than mine and yours combined. Shut up. He's also the love child of Will Ferrell and John C. Riley <laughs> together. Stuart, thanks for being on the podcast, man. Oh my gosh. That last that last zinger hits <laughs> way too close to home. <laughs> That's that what you get so for true. picking on my logo. You, you know, I wouldn't pick it on your logo. I've told you multiple times I like your logo. Logo you, by uh Visual Jams. Visual Jams. Visual Jams. Who I will Jams. be shouting out very soon. Yeah, James I, Graves. Yeah. Because I like your logo so much. Yeah, he killed it. And also Saying I'm the love child of Will Ferrell and John C. Riley is also a very kind way of saying he has a good personality. <laughs> but do you ever get stopped? He's oh come on, dude. <laughs> you want me to tell that story? Really? Tell us. The- <laughs> yeah, Detroit, tell Michigan airport. Five thirty in the morning. Starbucks. I'm in line. This dude taps me on the shoulder. I turn around and he's all he's giggling, and he's like, "Man, I just want to tell you, you are hysterical and stepbrothers, <laughs> stepbrothers." <laughs> Out of all the movies, and too. I and I don't know which one he's talking about because I do. <laughs> am I Will Ferrell or am I John C. Riley? That's right. So I just said, "Don't touch my drum set." <laughs> and just walked. Yes, as a drummer, that's that's the only scene I remember from the whole movie. Did you touch my drum set? And then, it, then the question is, why are you so sweaty? Because <laughs> I was watching cops. Watching cops. <laughs> If you've ever gotten sweaty watching cops, yes. you are a criminal. Yeah, or like, you're having a heart attack. <laughs> Go see a doctor. Yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, so, Stuart, you have been uh, hanging out with us the last two <laughs> last two Sundays. I feel like I've been in this podcast booth for 24 hours. <laughs> Welcome to you. Become part of the family. I, you're here so I long. Am. Yeah. Which ones? You can't get out though. Yeah. It's, it's that kind of family. Yes. yes. But uh, so. So you've been here with us the last two weeks. We're going to kind of get into some of that, some of the main things you've been talking about, because there's so much amazing stuff you've shared. But here, here's the first thing. Just how did you get started? 
speaking. I mean, you travel the country speaking. Some people call you a national speaker. Uh, <laughs> I think snot just. How did, <laughs> sorry. How did you get? How did you get to doing that? Oh gosh. Well, I can say unequivocally, there's not a bone in my body that actually wants to travel and speak for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that has never been a goal whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, the long story short is I was a local church youth pastor for 13 years, never traveled and spoke much when I was a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. I, all my time was, you know, like you with my head down in the trenches, trying yeah. to love kids and help their families. My Kelly and I made a decision to step out in faith and go to work for an international youth ministry organization that was based in Atlanta. That's how we wound up mm-hmm. in Atlanta. We're living in Louisiana at the time. In the organization I went to work for, you had to raise support. Which and yeah. interestingly enough, Kelly was fired up about it more than I was. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the story of our, you know, our love story is she believes in me much more than I believe in myself. Mm-hmm. So she's like, "You can do this." Mm-hmm. And I'm not exaggerating. We we step away from that position in November, um, 1997, and it was like the floodgates open and people just started and we weren't yeah. like, you know, they were just texting me, Hey man, can you come speak here? And blah, blah, blah. And it, we made a decision at that point because the phone started ringing a lot that, you know, maybe this is a door we should walk through. And it certainly helped us raise money to mm-hmm. move and all that kind of stuff. But we just made a decision at that point that we're never going to market ourselves. And that way we know whose fingerprints are on it. Yeah. Because yeah. if the phone stops ringing, it's time for me to stop speaking. And, that's, you know, all all the rest of it is, I think, us trying really hard to serve people. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the tough part about what we're talking about is Kelly and I have never met any. This is going to sound so harsh, and somebody may listen to this and go, well, you just don't know somebody I know mm-hmm. or you don't meet don't know me. We've never met anybody that travels and speaks for a living. Like that's mm-hmm. all they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they have the kind of marriage that we want to have and they've raised yeah. the kind of kids that we want to raise. So, you know, it, it's a, it's a part of what I do, but it's not the, yeah, but the main thing. And the most important thing is who am I when mm-hmm. I step off stage? It's not who I am up on the platform. Because Absolutely. You and I both know people that can fool you. Yeah. Yeah. And and one of the things that uh you said years ago and I'll I'll never forget it is you just told me one day I don't want to be famous. No. You know, we were looking at talking about different people that we know that just speak and and do all the stuff and you're like I I never want to be famous. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's so counterintuitive. Right. To- because everything in us wants to yeah. And and I told you this yesterday. I am recognized more in Wilmington, North Carolina and I'm only here like 5 Sundays of the summer. You should run for mayor. <laughs> It happened last night at dinner. Somebody, uh, three or four people came by mm-hmm. when we went to dinner last we went to week. Dinner, yeah, uh, what was but that? I, a whole family, two yes. waitresses, and yeah. the bill got picked up. <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> Every time Stewart's in town, we go eat. <laughs> got picked up last <laughs> night too. Somebody picked yeah. up the bill. Wow, yeah. which is so stinking kind. But that yeah. Kelly and I were talking about this on the way back from church this morning. Yeah. No. Nobody ever does that for us at home. <laughs> well, maybe and, that's what Jesus meant by the prophet is not welcome. Not welcome. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you and, get your own bill, buddy. And to be and like because I know you, that that would literally be the last thing you would ever want someone to oh do for gosh. you. I mean, it would oh just. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I would rather yeah. do it for somebody else. But. Yeah, hundred percent. So whoever that was, both times, thank yeah. you. That was, that was awesome. Yeah, who? Incredible. But fa- yeah, I mean, especially in Christendom, why would you want to? It's a pseudo thing anyway. It is. Yeah. And like, and and what we're seeing too. Yeah. When you have that much power. Oof. Yeah. Mm. Hashtag, I mean, I, hashtag, I, hashtag Jerry Falwell. I mean, yeah. My, well, I'm a master's student from Liberty and right. my wife, well, master's still in work, still in mm-hmm. process, uh, but my wife graduated from there as well. You right. Know? I mean, it's just like, hey, when, when you have power. Right. And you have that, I mean, it's it's a hook. Right. I think it was, oh gosh, when, not now. I don't know who it was that said that. Oh, it was Abraham Lincoln who said that the the greatest test of your integrity is not adversity; it's power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, f- fame is a snake charmer. We talked about mm-hmm. this yesterday yeah, yeah. because you start getting a little bit of success, or you get a platform, or you get a microphone. Mm-hmm. There's there's a very easy way, by the way, to keep an idiot busy, and that's to give them a microphone, yeah, right? Because yeah. 
you, you I mean, you just start thinking your voice is important. Mm-hmm. And there are certain things that I should never speak on because I haven't done the heavy lifting about them. But right. yeah. I think what notoriety and fame and success does is it makes it convinces you. <clears throat> my yeah. opinion about everything matters. If you don't believe yeah. me, look at social media because what social media has done. Uh, someone has wisely coined it as the death of expertise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So everybody thinks they're an expert now. Yeah. Um, and COVID is a great example because everybody's graduated from the University of Facebook School of Medicine. Exactly. So <laughs> School of Medicine. <laughs> top of the. Some of them are top of the top class. of the class. Unbelievable. They have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, looking at that and talking about teenage culture, let's just jump. Since you mentioned COVID, let's let's jump into that. How do you think COVID is going to impact students and teenagers from this point on? Well, it already has. Uh, yeah. Last last night dinner with John and Tita. Um, my wife stopped a cup an, an older couple who she had overheard talking about having the virus, mm-hmm. and Kelly was telling them I was a, a survivor, and they were telling us that they had gotten it. And I I said jokingly, at this point, we're all survivors. Yeah, right. all of us are. Sure, and that's especially true of the next generation because mm-hmm. I think they have felt this probably in many ways more than people. Like if you haven't gotten sick. It may be the next generation that has felt it the most, mm-hmm. um, yeah. simply because their entire framework of existence has gotten flipped yeah. upside down. Mm-hmm. You know, our our oldest daughter had to graduate from college in our living room virtually. Yeah, um, and that that's she's one of a ton of mm-hmm. stories like that. So, I think there was already a pandemic in play with the next generation. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't COVID-19. It was loneliness. Yeah. And absolutely. we've talked about this mm-hmm. a little bit at um, renovation. Uh, if you look at all the data, alcohol, drug abuse, sexual activity is kind of trending down among mm-hmm. Generation Z. Mm-hmm. But loneliness, depression, and the suicide rate is spiked at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. And I think all the pandemic has done is contributed to that. Yeah. Yeah. And we will. it will be a while before we can kind of write that ship, mm-hmm. if we write it at all. Mm-hmm. I think the family, the family unit, the nuclear family, mm-hmm. extended families, et cetera, has the pandemic has definitely impacted that, and that in turn impacts Generation Z. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure we can overstate how much stability at home mm-hmm. contributes to a young person's psyche. Mm-hmm. And if there's instability at home, whether it's lose a job, lose revenue, yeah, right, that like you begin to go, my entire existence is kind of, you know, topsy turvy, yeah. and I can't trust it. Um, the economy, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and I think the economy coupled with the edu- how the education process has changed, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the, here's the harsh reality. Digital learning is here to stay. It's not yes. going anywhere. Nope. Um, you know, to say goodbye to snow days <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be- because those yeah. are, those are gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so digital learning isn't going anywhere and it's actually a gift to us, if, but we don't see it that way right now mm-hmm. because there are some kids that that is just not their jam and, yeah. but they're being forced to do it. Um, you know, what's happening in colleges, you know, you have, you have 30,000 students on a college campus all sitting in their dorms, taking classes online. Right. Yeah. And so we wonder why for a variety of reasons, every Friday and Saturday night, the bars are packed. Yeah. It's because they want to be around people, People. which is another point. I think, I think generation Z is understanding how invaluable community is like Mm -hmm. that. You were, you were telling me about our squad. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were getting ready to launch again. So our student, our squad is our student ministry and they meet in homes throughout our community. We're a portable church. So having a place midweek isn't there. Uh, and so we said, Hey, let's, let's do this. And our youth guy, Jordan, who has just absolutely killed it. STD stud. I mean, he, he, years ago, uh, I remember you talking about teenagers having a digital heartbeat Mm -hmm. and in COVID, Yes. That was the one he he tapped into that one in a big way right. and then reinforced it by creating student leaders. Just some amazing stuff. But he said, hey, I'm going to when we kick off our squad in the fall, I'm going to sign up for homes. And like me being the old youth pastor, I'm like, sign ups, 
Students don't sign up. For, parents sign up. Are you going to have a good band and some pretty girls <laughs> and like, pizza? Nobody goes to a list. <laughs> right. He throws it out there on social media. Within a week, we had 100 students what? sign up to their houses. That's nuts. So, I mean, there's this craving for being together let me, yes, let be, me, in community. No question. Yes. It's, and I was looking at some stuff. Common Sense Media said they did a poll with teens. It says 61% of teens are worried that they or someone in their family will be exposed to the virus. So you got that that piece of it, but then sixty three are worried about how it will affect their family's ability to make a living. Mm. A sixty one percent, and I think high forties said that they were more lonely than they've ever been before, mm-hmm. which is scary, scary as somebody who works next generation because suicide rates were already right. so high. Right, high enough. We're, really, and, we're not talking about that. And enough, you're talking half of the student population, almost half, half of the student population, That's saying they're more lonely yeah. than they ever were. That's crazy. Um, but I just think it's one of those things that as we continue learning through this, we've just got to, we've got to keep that, that generation in mind mm-hmm. and how are we setting them up? Not just for success, relational success. That's I think, good. you yeah. know, how do we, how do we make sure they're dialed in mm-hmm. from a bedroom? And to remember too, that everything is spiritual. So mm-hmm. part of the, I think part of the dilemma for the new the the home in America, especially as it relates to faith and community, has been we've we have bought the lie hook line and sinker, much like we do with the education system. That I take my kids to school, you guys teach them arithmetic and mm-hmm. English, and we take yeah. our kids to church, and you guys teach them Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, everything is spiritual. So even the pandemic, yeah, what what the pandemic does is it provides a stress test for your faith. Mm-hmm. And if parents don't step up to the plate and walk with their kids with empathy and sympathy, because it has, it yeah. has completely, you know, we're on the phone every single day with a sophomore and college daughter who's an athlete as well. Mm-hmm. And it is every day is different. And yeah. what we've realized, even though I hate the term, the new normal, it is the new normal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. every day is going to be like that. So distancing yourself from your children doesn't help your children. Yeah. The the interesting thing too having a 25-year-old, 23-year-old and 20-year-old, the older your children get, the more it seems like they don't want to spend time with you, they don't want to talk to you, they don't want to mm-hmm. share their issues and problems with you and burdens. It's not that your teenagers, especially those that are older, don't want to spend time with you and talk to you. The difference is they want to spend time and talk to you and hang out with you when they want to spend time with right. you and talk to you. Mm, and good, we yeah. as parents have to have our spidey senses even more during this time because of the loneliness thing. Mm-hmm. If a kid decides, Hey, I need some mom and dad time, mm-hmm. drop everything you can, you're doing. Yeah. Because especially it, this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Get, that, get rid of that. Get thing. rid of that. And yeah, yeah. what do you need? Because those like you, you miss those opportunities enough times and they'll stop coming to you. Mm, so yeah. I, that's the challenge for us as parents because we, like we automatically think teenagers don't want to have anything to do with their parents. It's just not true. Right. They yeah. just want to have, they want it the time when they want when the they time. Want it, yeah. Whereas before when you have them control, you, you're mm-hmm. going to have time with me. Yeah. 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 And then your son gets big enough to pick you up and you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> well then you, you know, like my, my brother and me were very different it, it, personalities, everything. My brother's time though, like he was, he didn't, he didn't do a lot of talking, mm-hmm. but it, for some reason late at night, yeah, that's when he was talking to mom and dad. Yeah. You know, and mom's like, "Well, I got to be there yeah. for that." You know, yeah. I mean, just recognizing yeah. that we've been talking about parents the last two weeks here, mm-hmm. and, and you've you've kind of worked off of this this big idea we've said a lot, but about parents and spiritual influence. So, walk us through that idea because it's going to kind of be the reinforcement. Yeah, the rest of our conversation. Well, <clears throat> what I talked about this morning explicitly is the idea. Mom and dad are the primary spiritual influence in the life of their children. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter where you are in your spiritual journey. You will always be the primary mm-hmm. spiritual influence in the life of your kids, which means that your children are taking their, the vast majority of their spiritual cues from you. Yeah. Most of us as parents, though, if you think about it, if we are the primary spiritual influence, then we have to understand what influence is. Mm-hmm. Influence, generally speaking, this is how I defined it today, is building strong relational bridges that will bear the weight of truth we have to give. Yep. That's, that's our job. Yep. Strong parents. relational bridges. Slow yeah. that down. Strong, for me, slow yeah. that down a little bit. Strong relational bridges. Strong. <laughs> <laughs> strong relate. So we have to yeah. build strong relationships with our kids. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like the first and foremost thing that I have to do is have relational equity mm-hmm. with my children. Sure. 
I have to have I have to have cheese in the bank. Right. And trust is the currency of relationship and the mm-hmm. way you earn trust is time. Yeah. So I need to build incredibly strong relational bridges mm-hmm. that'll bear the weight because there are going to be heavy times yeah. where I have to correct, where I have to teach, where mm-hmm. I have to guide, where I have to lead. And if you don't have a strong relational bridge and you have to if you're if all if the only kind of love you have is tough love, that's mm-hmm. not tough love. You're a jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, there yeah. are times when you have to have tough love if sure. you're if you're a parent that cares because I want to care more about my kid than I do my relationship with my kid, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so we get that mm-hmm. mixed up sometimes mm-hmm. because you know I don't want to, you know, but those times are f- much fewer and far between than we think they are. Yeah, because yeah. Do you want to be right or do you want to have influence? Sure. Yeah, I, I want to make sure that you're <laughs> you're on the right path. I, I don't want you to drive, you know, drive yourself off a cliff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All that to say, though, so as you're building that strong relational bridge, will it bear the weight of whatever's coming down the pipe? And yeah. so, and a great example is with the pandemic. Sure. Yeah. Like something heavy comes. Do you have enough relational equity that your children are going to trust you mm-hmm. and all hell breaks loose mm-hmm. in their life? That's that's yeah. kind of the idea. And then today, specifically, we put some really practical handles around that. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it mean to be strategic relationally and what does it mean to be strategic with truth? Yeah. You talked about uh, one of the things that I think it was in your third point. You talked about the questions that we ask our kids. Mm-hmm. So. And you talked a little bit about the questions your father asked, mm-hmm. which were, you know, did you win? Did you win? How many points? How many did you points? Score? Yeah. Were you the best? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And what I began to conclude is that this relationship is transactional. So as a parent, I'm wanting to create authentic faith, right, in my child, right. You said we've got to start asking questions that are different. That are different. Yeah. Which were, well, I think the easiest way. I think we probably have to back up a little bit. Yeah. And backing up a little bit means is who you want your children to be as a parent and who God wants mm. our children to right. be. Are they the same to be? Yeah. And when you look at the New Testament, this is, to me, this was the crux of everything I talked about today. Mm-hmm. And it really is a game changer because we do, like, if this bottle, for those of you who are following along on YouTube, if this bottle is the core of who God is, then there will be concentric circles back away from this bottle. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to me, the core of who God is is love. Yeah. And I think the New Testament screams it. Mm-hmm. In fact, the heavy lifting that I've been doing since getting sick has mm-hmm. been at th- that, that piece. That piece. Yeah. Like yeah. At the core of who God is, what is he? Mm-hmm. And I made the statement today that I'm not sure people understand how life-altering this phrase, this statement is. Love is not something that God does. Love is who God is. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, we mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. love is transactional. And mm-hmm. so consequently, especially those of us who've grown up in church, we shy away from the idea that our, you know, about developing the fruit of the Spirit in our kids, mm-hmm. love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, Self-control. I yep. added four, I think, today. Um, <laughs> Big fruit tree. Yeah, it's a giant fruit tree. <laughs> Many blossoms. Um, we think that sounds like doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we always think about love as me doing, doing something for you. I mean, even as a kid, Jesus loves me. Right. This I know, right? Right. Yeah. When in reality, for all my Reformed people out there, you are making much of God. Mm-hmm. You are making much of Jesus when you love how it's who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's who he is. Right. It's, it would be different if God is this, but he does love. No, Mm-mm. it's who he is. God is love. God is love. And so as yeah. our children are growing up in God, we should be asking questions that begin to help them massage out the fruit of the spirit. John says that the fruit, the, the spirit in you is proof mm-hmm. that God lives in you. Yes. So if that's the case, then love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, Mm self-control should be Mm -hmm. evident. Yeah. Growing. Yeah. And at some point, but, you know, at some point for us as adults, I think we have to swallow hard and ask ourselves this question. If you call something a fruit tree, but it doesn't bear any fruit, do you still keep calling it a fruit tree? Yeah. Right. And for us as moms and dads, if this is who God says Mm -hmm. to be is... 
and we say it is, but we keep asking questions that lead to another outcome, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then we've got to change the questions that we're asking. Yeah. And, and so let's, let's expand on that a little bit. Okie dokie. I mean, we didn't, this wasn't in the thing, but in the questions I gave oh, you. Oh, no. But, uh, but we're let, going off track. What are some of those, what are some of those questions? What are some of the, like, if I'm, if you're talking to your kids, if you're talking to Cameron, like, what are, what are some of those questions that you're asking? Yeah. Uh, I think a great question as it relates to faith is, are you learning to, are you learning to love God by trusting him? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Like, do and we talked about this yesterday a little bit. We, to me, and even in the interview when we did the interview with you, authentic faith is God is who He says He is, who Jesus said He is, and who Jesus proved that He was, mm-hmm. and that He'll do everything He's promised He'll do. Mm-hmm. And since God is love then it only makes sense that the way that I learned to love God is to trust what he says. Yeah. Yeah. It would be the equivalent of Kelly and I in relationship with each other and me not choosing to trust what Kelly says is true about mm-hmm. her, about mm-hmm. our relationship, about what she, you know, she wants the best for me, yada, yada. Yeah. So then it becomes a question of, okay, well then what has God promised me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which right. now you're in, you are, you know, we want to talk about deep. That's where it gets fun because yeah. there are some things in the scriptures that you can trust God for. We tend to trust him for things he hasn't promised us. Mm. And then we get disillusioned and we're mm-hmm. like, well, I can't, I can't love him because I can't trust him. Well, mm-hmm. hold on. He hasn't promised like in my pen, in my COVID situation. Yeah. Yeah. And just for people listening to it, Stuart had COVID so bad, he slept through it. Like you were in a, <laughs> like, like, like he didn't just have like, you, you had it so bad. You, you didn't know how bad it was. I mean, I, I really did I, I really, mean, yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. And just so you know that I am in a, I was in a coma has a one year statute of limitations on it. <laughs> I can only use that excuse for a year and then I got to find a different one. But that is true. I, I yeah. mean, I was. It's a miracle that you're it, here. It really yeah. is. But I mean, literally almost died three three times. Yeah. So, you know, and we talked about this a bit in the interview, but the thing that Kelly inspired me the most about, and this was the example, as I talked about today, that mm-hmm. consistent repetition, Yep, the example she was to our children of how mm-hmm. she prayed, mm-hmm. God, I know that you can heal our dad, my husband, I'm not sure you will, mm-hmm. but I believe that you can. Puts you, it puts you in this place of submission and trust. Yeah. Whereas the other way some of us have grown up in church and been taught to pray is I'm going to demand things of mm-hmm. God. Yep. First of all, he's your father. Mm-hmm. Yep. Second of all, has he promised you mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a great question as we defined love today, mm-hmm. this intentional promotion of the overall intellectual, emotional, physical, spiritual well-being of other people, mm-hmm. like asking a question that helps your ch- kids think about their relationships with their friends mm-hmm. in that vein is a game changer. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's a game changer. Like, are you considering your friends before you consider you? Mm. Are you promoting their well-being? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That question also for our kids that are older runs into their sexual integrity. Yeah, sure. Like, if this relationship mm-hmm. goes in the direction that it seems to be going, is that the overall well-being of this person physically and emotionally? Yeah, spiritually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not you, right? Yeah, not you, even but though for them, but for them. Yeah, yeah. Am am I am I keeping their best? Am, am I showing love? Right. By treating them. Right. The best way I could, the way that Jesus. Would and you can see how person. God wanted this to work because if we're mm-hmm. both doing that, good Lord, we would all be in such a better place. Yeah. Cause love doesn't demand. It doesn't. But so now you kind of get an idea mm-hmm. of the question. So as it relates to your spiritual habits, mm-hmm. like instead of us depending on things like scripture, memory, Bible study, worship, meditation, journaling, we almost look at those things as the markers for spiritual growth. Those really mm-hmm. are expressions of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm hiding God's word in my heart so that I might not sin against Him because I love, love Him so and much. I want to love yeah, others. Yeah, yeah. these and are I, not bad things. Correct. They're they're I love that they're expressions. It would be the it would be yeah, the yeah, yeah. 
how do you how do you how do I know that you love Kelly? We date. That doesn't right. tell you anything. Yeah, yeah. But you ask her, and she would say, "Well, this is what Stuart. This is how Stuart puts me first. This mm-hmm. is how Stuart trusts me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We date is I go to church. Mm-hmm. We date is I worship. Mm-hmm. We date is I memorize scripture. Mm-hmm. But." That's not, those are expressions of love. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It does. And then as it relates to your choices, like are your choices setting you up to love better or worse? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. uh, is, th- yeah. is this choice going to intentionally promote whether it's mm-hmm. me or other somebody else? Mm-hmm. You know, considering other people for yourself is an act of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, trusting authority in your life mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. trust is a trust is a currency of relationship. Yep. Can I trust this person has my best interest in heart? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- yeah. I think those are the things. And then also, and we didn't have time to do this today and we don't really have time to do it on the podcast, but what exactly does Paul mean when he says love joy? What is joy? Mm. Joy is a condition of your soul. It's a choice. It's different than happiness yeah. too, by the way, because mm-hmm. happiness depends on what happens. Joy mm-hmm. is a condition of your soul. Love, joy, peace. Like mm-hmm. I have a, or is mm-hmm. like, why are you so anxiety ridden? What's yeah. going on there? I think that's a great question mm-hmm. with your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, patience. Mm-hmm. One interesting thing about the term gentleness and the fruit of the spirit is we have a tendency to think gentleness is oh, he, you know, mm-hmm. you would never yeah, want yeah. to call a football player gentle. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. But it actually means strong bowels in the original hmm. Greek which means BMs. No, um, <laughs> strong bowels is literally a picture of intestinal fortitude. It's like grit. Mm, grit. Yeah. Yeah. So is this mm. like, is my kid exhibiting perseverance, mm-hmm. self-control? Yeah. Those, mm-hmm. Some of those things are really obvious mm-hmm. that you can start asking questions because what we, what you want to do is that's where I need to pour in mm. love. Yeah. That's where I need to love better mm-hmm. as a parent. Yeah. My daughter, um, with COVID going on, she loves school. And so we've decided just with the way things are being done, looking at our kids, the best thing for them it was to homeschool. Mm-hmm. And my wife was prepared for that really even before summer began. We started kind of having this conversation. But she loves school. She missed that. Uh, so then um, she has some health issues that are going on where she's having these seizure-like activities that we can't get a get a thumb on yet god's going to show it to us and we're going to figure this thing out i really believe that but right now we're in about four months of it and we don't know well then she falls off a trampoline and breaks her mm-hmm. foot in three places mm-hmm. you know and she was like riding in the truck she's like why is this happening mm-hmm. you know what why you mm-hmm. know and she was angry and uh, i said you know Haley, i said here's what's so crazy about all this i said you know can you believe that 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 god wants us to be joyful even when times are tough she kind of got quiet for a minute. She's like, yeah, I don't, that's hard to believe. I was like, no, that's. What a stupid God. <laughs> right? I mean, like for her little mind, sure, you know, she's sure. like, I was like, so I was like, Haley, you know, it can always be, it can always Has be. Has God worse. ever worn a pink cast? He <laughs> does <laughs> not understand what's going on here. This itches. You know, that's her thing. <laughs> that thing, that poor thing, she itches all the time. But it's, it's, it is, it's like having those moments where, hey, did you know that mm-hmm. this is, you know, it's easy to be joyful when things are good. Mm-hmm. And that's really happiness. But we're going to choose to be joyful even when things are tough. Mm-hmm. And, and I've got a, another friend of mine, parents that are listening. Uh, Dr. George Gates is going to come in and talk to us about, uh, he's a, a amazing psychologist and, and, uh, but he's gonna come talk about kids and trauma yeah. and during this time and how yeah. we can navigate it. But I, I love the way that you put that. We've got to start asking questions that bring us back to the end, to those values. Yes. Yeah. And the, the thing too, sometimes it's just simple, because what we're trying to do is help our kids become self-aware. Like mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. one thing for you as a parent to ask those questions, but when our kids start asking themselves themselves mm-hmm. those questions mm-hmm. and they yeah, can yeah. start self-governing themselves, Absolutely. now you're on to something. Mm-hmm. It's it's that old adage of, you know, teach a man to fish and he eats forever. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. fish for a day and he'll eat yeah. once. Once, yeah. yeah. Like we want to teach our kids to learn how to begin to ask themselves that question. Mm-hmm. But if all they're ever hearing are transactional questions, did you win? It doesn't mean that their grades shouldn't be important and it should, right, they right. should be, you know, if they mm-hmm. compete in things, they should do it as unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm the mm-hmm. biggest proponent of that. Yeah. 
But if that's all they ever hear from us, mm-hmm. we, we are setting up setting them up to fail, I think. A kid that can ask themselves questions, am I am I being self controlled in this situation? Oof. A teenager that can ask that hey, I'm walking into a really difficult time, maybe it's with a teacher or with other am I am I walking through this in self control? Mm-hmm. I mean, has the potential not only just to express the love of Christ in a way that no one else saw coming, but also gives that teenager or that kid some really great opportunities for wisdom. I mean, yeah. just to be able to navigate things. Yeah. One of the things that uh, we have a, a family verse and, you know, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound. sound mind, yeah. And it's probably once a week. I'm like, all right, let's go back to our, let's go back to our verse. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, sound mind, that's self-control. Right? Our family verse was Jesus wept. <laughs> Jesus wept. <laughs> Jesus wept because raising y'all is hard. <laughs> That's it. I knew I had to have something. Why did y'all make me cry? And for those of you who think that um, I've had this family verse since I was a high school student journalist, not even true. The first three years, we didn't yeah. we didn't have one uh, up. And then um, it was just, really, it was working with kids and students with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do I want to plant? What kind of seed do I want to plant? And that was just a verse that kept coming into my mind. Yeah, that's, you know? so, that's it, so good. It was, I just felt like this is the thing that, and we talked about earlier, you know, suicide and all that, man, anxiety just has such a hold. I was like, let's just plant this one and, that's good. and see what happens. Yeah, our family verse was probably uh, Solomon talking about <laughs> wisdom like yeah. he who walks yeah. with the wise grows wise but a companion oh, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to laugh you thought I, I thought you were going somewhere. to the songs yeah no I wasn't cracking a joke but seriously yeah, our yeah. kids can probably mm-hmm. quote that backwards and forwards mm-hmm. because yeah. uh, I think it's probably 95% of life is bla- is not black mm-hmm. and white it's yeah. gray mm-hmm. um, so developing that capacity to make wise choices is so important let's talk about parents in getting in the game and and we had this conversation off of a conversation you had with somebody that you did ministry with years ago yes and the idea and you teased this out some even this morning but the idea was that the church has become the surrogate parent Mm -hmm. for the spiritual development in kids and in students what's wrong with that picture what do we need to change let's tease that idea out a little bit well the question that was proposed to me is by a guy that was uh my associate for five years and Mm -hmm. one of my very best friends and like you guys really dove in and was so encouraging to Kelly and our kids when I was sick. So he calls me, gosh, a month and a half ago. And I remember I was in my garage and I had to sit down. He goes, Hey, he's, he's now a lead pastor at a really, really cool church um, Mm -hmm. in Shreveport, Louisiana. And they're, their church mission statement is love God, love people, solve problems. Mm, I love that. And um, he said, I, I, the, the pandemic in his opinion, and I couldn't agree with him more. He said, I feel like the pandemic has exposed our parents at our church. Mm. I think they had 5,000 people this past Easter. So it's a crazy cool place. They Mm -hmm. don't have a building like Mm y'all. They meet in the Shreveport civic center every Sunday. Mm Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, our parents are panicking because we're, you know, until we get to phase three, whatever phase three is, we're not going to meet yet. And he said, and it's caused me to start thinking. And he said, I want to ask you a question. He was very respectful. He wasn't being Mm -hmm. mean. He said, have you ever stopped to think about the fact that you've been doing youth ministry 30 plus years? He and and I did it for five years of Mm -hmm. his 18 years of doing youth ministry before he became pastor. He said, have you ever thought about the fact that you and I have experienced every major important spiritual marker in the life of teenagers and not their parents? Mm-hmm. Camps, mm-hmm. retreats, mission mm-hmm. trips, a kid choosing to follow Jesus, a kid recommitting their life to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. confession, mm-hmm. addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, relational conflict, mm-hmm. forgiveness. Like I've I've experienced those things with teenagers. More times than not, parents aren't there. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, isn't, yeah. isn't there a problem with that? And man, it rattled me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not at all implying that the church isn't important, but there is something fundamentally wrong when we outsource. We don't outsource ball games. 
We don't outsource dance recitals. We don't outsource, mm-hmm. uh, you know, band plays, concert dramas, plays. Band concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to what we think is the most important thing in our kid's life, we'll let, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I started a 20 something year old snotty nosed college guy. Yeah. Experience the most important spiritual decisions of our kids lives mm-hmm. and I won't be there. Mm-hmm. And so it, what it, what it has done is it has forced me to kind of take a look at what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Um, because mom and dad, regardless of whether you're youth leader or your children's guy or the next gen ministry is mm-hmm. you're still the primary spiritual influence. Mm-hmm. How do we help mom and dad get in the game? Yeah. Because yeah. they, we just, mom and dad shouldn't miss those moments. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, part of what we've been wrestling with. Um, and I think part of it is because we've so complicated the end for parents that like when I said this last week in the interview, when I get overwhelmed, I just don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. where a lot of parents are. Like right. I'm, yeah. I'm overwhelmed cause I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So we don't do anything. You know, it was, in that there's so much there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is, what is the church doing that it needs to do different? What are, what are the parents need to start taking more ownership on? Right. And I think those conversations, one of the questions that I believe was Andy Stanley said he would ask his kids every night, and you probably know exactly what I'm getting ready to say, but he would just sit down next to him. Now, this is like the, you know, the pastor of pastors, right? He sits down next to his kids every night, and he would go, how's your heart? How's your heart? Yep. That was it. Mm-hmm. Because what did that do? That set him up to start hitting markers. Right. Love, joy. Oh, he he's struggling with patience right now. Yeah, my my child is struggling with with really loving mm-hmm. somebody mm-hmm. because they were hurt. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's that simple question right, right. there. You know, even before bed. And, and if you're a parent listening, and you're like, well, I don't know what to do when they tell me right that. It's like it's okay. It's bedtime. Yeah, <laughs> go yeah. go put them to bed and go. Fi- you know, then let's go figure this out. Let's yeah. find out. What and is, part of the reason we as parents don't know what to do is because our parents didn't ask us these mm-hmm. questions. And yeah. the, bu- the brilliance of Andy's question is it helps, especially young men, begin to identify feelings mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. we've yeah. almost been taught to the only, you know, Joe Ehrman talks about ta- uh, toxic masculinity in America. And he says that you could summarize toxic the toxic masculinity in America around three things. Uh, the billfold, the boardroom, and the ball field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when he talks about ball fields, he's obviously talking mm-hmm. about our hyper focus on sports. Mm-hmm. But his point is, it was the it's the only place in America where boys can let out emotion. Mm. Yeah, it's okay to cry. It's okay it's to okay. cry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it you can express emotion. But we will make sure if you express the wrong emotion, you won't express that emotion and you'll turn it to anger. Mm, yeah. Like there's no yeah, crying yeah. in baseball. Thank you, <laughs> right, Tom Hanks. Right. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. we'll make sure you take that and you turn it. Well, no wonder, mm. you know, mm-hmm. those those young men growing up on ball fields become dads. And what mm-hmm. that's what happened mm-hmm. with my dad. He was yeah, yeah. so horribly parented mm-hmm. that he, much of what he was doing was out of default. Like that's what you just go back Vietnam to. Vietnam veteran. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. growing up in the middle of a cotton field and his dad didn't give a rip. Mm-hmm. So yeah. no wonder he's treating me the way he treated me. And he was smart enough in the later part of his life to go, that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, yeah. I messed up on that. So yeah, that simple question though mm-hmm. helps a kid start identifying their emotions, which yeah. I mean, heads up, husbands, if we don't identify our emotions, mm-hmm. our wives try to identify them for us. Yeah. And that's just a recipe for disaster. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there, and when people hear you go, oh, he, he doesn't believe in, you know, masculinity. No, it's a different, there's, there's toxic masculinity. Then there's, there's, there's masculinity, there's the grit yes. portion that we do have to develop kids that are able, like you said, to withstand yes. those difficult and, and trouble. What we did so the way we did twisted. Yeah, the way we did it with Grant. We he had you know our son. Our son is the oldest. He had two younger siblings, both you know, sisters. Right. Yeah. And he wasn't allowed to touch his sisters. Mm-hmm. So we called it opening up the bottle. 
And what we would tell him is take all these motions that you mm-hmm. feel and put them in a bottle. And when you go play football, open the bottle up. <laughs> and he went to Duke and play football. And he would, there yeah. were a couple of times where I would look at Kelly and go, the bottle is full and being empty. <laughs> we, we got really worried when he started playing football, you know, that he's going to yeah. get hurt. And like yeah. literally halfway through his first year, I was like, I'm scared he's going to hurt somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you how do you hit so hard? My, my family's crazy. That's right. So, I'm just opening up a can. Up a can. <laughs> Have um, you met my sisters? <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. So let me ask you this, Stuart. We um, and this has been great. Let's talk. Let's talk to the parent in the room. I have not started these type of conversations. Mm-hmm. With with my child, mm-hmm. okay. This is maybe faith is new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I here's some families that are going to listen to this. I'm uh, I'm the husband um, uh, of a wife who has been going to church, mm-hmm. and I come occasionally. Mm-hmm. But 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 I, I'm hearing what's being said here. How do I get this started? How do we how do we start moving forward and with taking that? If you're telling me I'm the spiritual leader of my home, how how do I begin to do that? Well. To go back to my intro when you talked about a leader worth following, mm-hmm. everybody's a leader. Mm-hmm. question is, are you a leader worth following? A leader worth following is going somewhere worth going, which has mm-hmm. led us back to who is it that we want our children to be. Mm-hmm. I think I think every mom and dad needs to take a step back and, and have some discussions with themselves mm-hmm. as a couple. Yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is have a mom that's on this page and a dad who's on another page. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's good. the goal is to get on the same page mm-hmm. and you need to do, you need to do some heavy lifting and figure out who is it that God wants our children to be. Mm-hmm. And is that who we want them to be? Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to sound harsh, Joey. You don't have to do, you don't have to parent your children the way God wants you to parent them, but you also forfeit the right of complaining when they don't wind up <laughs> with the way, you, the way God intended yeah. and, and, God, and created yeah. them. Mm-hmm. You, you just mm-hmm. forfeit that right. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. but if you can get on the same page, then it's just incremental consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's that repetition of, mm-hmm. you know, they, our kids do not get bored with repetition. They get bored with presentation and they get mm-hmm. confused mm-hmm. about our example. Mm-hmm. And so then it becomes a matter of, I want to be mm-hmm. chronically consistent. Mm-hmm. I said that yeah. last week in the interview yeah. that the signature mediocrity is not an unwillingness to change. Everybody listening mm-hmm. here watching wants to be a great parent, mm-hmm. but can you not be chronically inconsistent? Because mm-hmm. that's the signature of mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I equate it to like me going to physical therapy every day. I came yeah. from, I came home from the hospital after being in a 20 plus day medically induced coma. I came home mm-hmm. on a Friday and I went to physical therapy on Monday mm-hmm. and I went to the physical therapy on Tuesday, Tuesday. Yep. and I just did it over and over and over and over and mm-hmm. over and over. And I, you know, I didn't jump from 30 pounds, uh, losing 30 pounds to gaining 18 of it back like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. go from, I can barely lift the bar to being able to get close to what I used to bench when I was working out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it just takes time. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing I would say is the greatest gift you can give your children is for them to see a vulnerable, authentic dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay to go, I messed up. I, mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many times I have apologized to my children in a puddle of tears because yeah. I'm not, you You nailed mm-hmm. it. We are not perfect, perfect. parents. Mm-hmm. This is always, will always be an amateur sport. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the fact that we can look at our kids and go, I, I blew it. Yeah. And yeah. If, if we can't say that, then we're setting our children up, children up to fail because they will become parents who don't think they can say I messed mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. But you do what anybody does when they mess up. Failure is an event. It's not a person. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. dust yourself off and you do better. Yeah. that's. Yeah. I, and I think our kids, that in and of itself is a lesson to our children. Mm-hmm. That uh, love is about forgiveness Mm -hmm. love is about asking for it love is about extending it Mm -hmm. and let's let's try to be better yeah yeah you know the great theologian rocky balboa said the way the winning is done is you just keep moving forward just keep you keep moving forward (laughs) that's right that's good the consistency thing here working with teenagers 
um, for 16 years now, mm-hmm. 18 if you include when I was just a high school small group leader. You want to, you want to, you want to, you want to mess up a kid. Be severely inconsistent Oof. in your spiritual life. Oof. So I, because what you'll also do is you'll make demands of your kid, and the kid's like, "Well, why?" I had a I had a parent one time, and they were just I, I'd never seen this parent before. Their kid came to church, but wanted to meet with me, so I meet with them. And, and their big thing was, "I want my child to be doing a quiet time every day." <laughs> You know, I mean, it was like, and I'm like, well, okay. Now, let's, let's, let's put it in perspective here. The kid's almost done with high school. Mm-hmm. So he's like 16 to 18. Mm-hmm. I want to see this happening in my house every day. And I could tell that this was a checklist thing for this dad. And I said, with the, and, and maybe I should have said this not with the kid in the room. But I just asked him, I said, how many times has he seen you doing one? And, and, you know, and probably I was pretty young in ministry and could have handled it. That, better. Like, that is a great question. But but if you're, you're asking for something, because yeah. he couldn't answer it. That he's never modeled. He's never modeled it. He's never been consistent in it, right. you know. And it's like, well, you can't. And now, you know, I think what happens, you realize he had two years left till his kid went to college. Yeah, it was the old poop moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but being that consistent. But then at the same time, though, I mean, there are some parents out there that they're like, my kid is in college. Yeah. And I didn't do these things. Right. Right. And that's where, you know, you're you're in the phase of adult parenting. You're yeah. parenting adults now. And, and you know what I do more times than not is I ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. If I've been consistent in any way, it's that every time our kids woke up, I, I started a habit in my life long, long before our kids were older. Mm-hmm. For me to just have time to spend time with God, I would get like the older they got, the earlier I would wake up. Mm-hmm. So now it's mm-hmm. a part of my DNA that I'm up at five. So yeah. when they, when they were coming downstairs from school, they see my Bible mm-hmm. open and mm-hmm. I've, you know, the problem with that though, is what good does it do for you to have a quiet time? If you act like a jerk, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because then they should have slept in this one. Well, they're going, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that thing doesn't work. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. That right. Bible doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and, and then the other part too is what good does it do you to, First of all, you've nailed it. We have to model that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the other part of it is to model it and then constantly be critical of your child. Mm-hmm. Hear this and hear this well, moms and dads. Having a 25-year-old, 23-year-old, and 20-year-old, two daughters and a son. Constantly criti- criticizing your children does not cause your children to stop loving you. Mm-hmm. It causes them to stop loving themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what they'll do is they will put on a front and act to please you in the process of hating themselves. Mm. Mm. And the best thing that we can do, it doesn't mean that you're not constructively critical of your children, mm-hmm. but if you're constantly critical of your children, all you're doing is chipping away at the way that mm-hmm. they see themselves. And let's remember that your son or daughter, regardless of where they are, has been created in the image of God. They are mm-hmm. an image bearer, mm-hmm. and we have a responsibility to make sure they know that. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do. Oh yeah, because yeah. there are times when your kids are going to worry the crap out of you and mm-hmm. frustrate you. But my son and our daughter, our son and daughters, are image bearers. I have a responsibility to build that image up in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good because they're not going to. They will never stop loving you. Mm-hmm. In fact. Many of them will go through the rest of their life trying to earn your love because mm. they thought they constantly disappointed you. Yeah, yeah. And in, and but they've really they've stopped loving themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, as we get wrapped up here, Stuart, I appreciate your time. A couple, two, two things. One, let's let's give some parents that are listening a little bit of hope. Okay. Um, and and let's talk to the parents out there. You know, the beautiful thing about faith that I tell people all the time as you can get started right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like like these things that we talk about, it, we can't, we don't live life like this in the rear view. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, what can I do today? So, so let's just talk about for just a, a few minutes. Like if you're that parent and you're like, Hey, I want to get started now mm-hmm. and, 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 and not being a fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. Like how do we help parents? Hey, let's just start with some small things, some yeah. simple things. Tomorrow morning, get up before your children mm-hmm. some way, somehow, whether it's you open your Bible, you get some sort of devotional, mm-hmm. but spend time with God. I would encourage you to read first John. 
Mm. Just dive mm-hmm. in there and see how yeah. much I, you know, I mentioned this today, but I think it would be a great journey for every parent to go through the entire new Testament and just highlight the word love. It will freak mm-hmm. you out. Mm-hmm. It will freak you wow. out. Never done that. Yeah. It will freak you out how often it's in there. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's made me go, how did I miss this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but begin that habit mm-hmm. be- because again, that is you learning how to express love to the one who loves you. And is, mm-hmm. we have been made by love to love and be loved. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a simple prayer of just God, help me to love the way you love, help mm-hmm. me to love my children the way you love me. Yeah. Help me to develop love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and then express it. Yep. Act mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. It's that it really is that simple. Yeah. That's the thing. It's so it's so much love is so much more simple, but it's so stinking messy and complicated mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because here's what's going to happen. I'm just going to let you know, as soon as you start doing that, you know, there's going to be a fender bender. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. your teenager who just started learning how to drive backs, you know, mm-hmm. runs into something yep. or yep. somebody gets hurt or mm-hmm. there's a mm-hmm. bully. Or mm-hmm. your child is the bully, mm-hmm. you know, it, right. yeah. something will happen. And then now you've stress tested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Can I be kind? Mm-hmm. Love is kind. Anything else. And it's not love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I be kind? Mm-hmm. Um, because, and, and especially for those of us that haven't done that, mm-hmm. your, your children may pass out. Mm-hmm. It yeah. would be the equivalent, yeah. equivalent of your kid getting up and making up their bed without you having told them. Right. Yeah. You're kind yeah. to your kid, and they may just like, "What is wrong with dad? Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. he was nice? Yeah. And I messed up. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. do that enough, and your ki- your kid starts noticing that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at some point, they're like, "What happened to dad? Yeah. yeah. What's I like this version of him? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> love, joy, peace, yeah. basic kindness. Those are things that have happened. Those yeah. that fruit is growing." Mm-hmm. I think it's that simple. You know, I talked to uh, several guys who were on deployments. So you may, we may have guys listening to this that are sitting in the middle of Iraq right now, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, I've told guys like your, your deployment could be some of the greatest, like prepping the soil for Oof. when you return home. Yes. I said, you because as hard as it is, you do have those times where it's just you and God. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so, so I'm like, read that, read that Bible, begin right. praying, begin praying for your kids, take those moments. And, and, the dads that take that seriously, they come back and, and their families are different yeah. because of it. But see, I can't even fathom that. Like oh, God, those, nine months, those men, nine those, well, those men and women doing what they're doing for a living and then coming home, that just blows yeah. my mind. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. that that's a, such a transfer to some degree of mm-hmm. things. So kudos to them. Yeah. I mean, salute. And a lot of times they're the guys that I'm talking to. There, there's no way I could, yeah. I was like, yes, you can. Yes, you, yeah. you can. And right. it doesn't matter where you are right. in the world, whether it's your living room or, you know, Islamabad. It doesn't right. matter. Like, those are places that you can begin this even now. So, right. parents, hope you're encouraged. Stuart, as we wrap up, what are some, just some resources, uh, books or things you're reading or things that you've looked at or, or thought through? Like I did make a list. Okay, cool. Give us some uh, of those. And we'll put them on the. Uh, we're going to create a, a store. For since our since we're talking so much about love, mm-hmm. I think it would be incredibly helpful for every mom and dad to read um, the book "Love Does" mm-hmm. and "Everybody Always" by Bob, Bob Goff. Goff. Yeah, that those two books have, are mainstays in our house. Bob Goff also has a a, a devotional book called "Live in Grace, Walk in Love." It's a daily devotional, mm. and it is unbelievable. Mm. Um, the cool thing about Bob is that he's created children's books to go along with love does and everybody always. So those would be great to get for your kids. Yeah. We'll put them on the, on the site. Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge Enneagram guy. Mm -hmm. I think it's important for us to understand the personality makeup of our kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Ian Cross is the, you know, the guru Mm -hmm. of, Mm -hmm. of, of, uh, the Enneagram, for those of you who don't know Enneagram, is like a personality deal. Mm-hmm. But he has a book called The Road Back to You. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And I would highly recommend that all parents read that and begin to try to figure out what is the, what is the personality of your children. Mm-hmm. And then the last book I would recommend is um, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Okay. Mm-hmm. That book, as a dad, has 
it has so helped me. One of the things she talks about, um, she builds everything around the Theodore Roosevelt uh, quote about being in the arena mm-hmm. and, you know, being in the dust, sweating, and mm-hmm. you're, you know, it's the person in the arena that counts. Mm-hmm. But one thing that it's allowed me to do, because everybody, and I've even said this before, I was an unbelievable parent when I was parenting my non-existent children, hypothetically. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And then I became a parent and it seems like the people who are, have the loudest opinions about parents mm-hmm. or parenting have never been parents. Yeah. Yeah. And what this book has allowed me to do is to say, I, unless you're in the arena with, with me, mm-hmm. that's the cheap seats. And mm-hmm. I have no use for your opinion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of helped me go, okay, mm-hmm. who are the people that I want speaking into my life? And if they're not wrestling things to the ground mm-hmm. on, on the arena floor like me, mm-hmm. I really don't have time for your opinion. That would yeah. be a great yeah, thing yeah, for yeah. all of us, by the way. Sure. Yeah. Cause in, it, in every arena, <laughs> there, there's opinions out there. Yes. <laughs> yes. They're all are. over the place. Yes. Well, Stuart, man, I really appreciate it. We doing rapid fire in. questions. Shoot me some rapid fire rapid questions. Fire questions. <laughs> craziest, youth, craziest youth pastor story. Craziest youth pastor story. Cause oh, you gosh. said earlier, you're a youth pastor. Every youth pastor has crazy stories. Okay. So talk to me. I, I will tell you one, but the one I want to tell you that nobody would believe me is I actually had two two encounters with the same woman who was a self-proclaimed witch, Ooh. and she tried to curse myself and my family. I have eyewitnesses. Mm. The story is so bizarre and crazy that I went, usually when I tell it, everybody's like, man, you're lying. But I have mm-hmm. witnesses, including my wife. Mm-hmm. Um if this was the Joe Rogan podcast, he'd be like, let's talk about witches. <laughs> Tell me what she looked like. We're not going to go there, but, uh, she yeah. looked like Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, was doing some awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. Uh, crazy story. Uh, should I tell the van story? <laughs> Is that what you want me to tell? So when I was in Louisiana, we go whitewater. We, we did a senior trip every year. One year we go to Atlanta, we drove up north of Atlanta to a place called Ducktown, Tennessee, and they mm-hmm. that's where they did the uh, whitewater rafting on, during the 96 Olympics in Atlanta. Yeah. So class four, class five rapids, it's awesome. So we go whitewater white water rafting up there, mm-hmm. and then we were going to drive back. Now, this is long before Google Maps sure. on your oh, phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were going to drive back to a place called Dahlonega, Georgia, and go to this uh it's like a family style restaurant called mm-hmm. the Smith house. And mm-hmm. I'd eaten there and it would, it would be perfect. Cause we were worn out. Yeah. yeah. Well, stupid Stewart doesn't do the math. Well, and you're in the beginning of the smoky mountain, uh, mm-hmm. the, the uh, Appalachian trail right in there. Yeah. So all the roads are up and down mountains. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're late. I'm driving a van of two or three vans, probably three vans, maybe mm-hmm. more. I'm driving van and I'm the lead van and we're not, we're not speeding cause you can't cause it's, right. just, yeah, you're, it's just, but we are pressing the limits. You're Mario Kart. We are Mario Kart and that stuff. And like kids are in their van getting, I'm getting sick. I'm getting nauseated. Yeah. And I'm like, we're going to the Smith house. I'm so, getting sick. We're going to eat gravy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Chitlins. You're going to have, you're going to have country fried steak. So, we're booking, booking, booking. Well, this is before cell phones, too. So all of a sudden, my associate, the pa- yeah. lead pastor I just mentioned earlier, he calls me like, bro, there's smoke billowing out from under your van. And I'm like, oh, gosh, the engine, you know, the last thing I need to do is blow up an engine. <laughs> right. So we finally get to a pullover. We pull over. And the engine isn't on fire. We have been going around, like, I was trying hard not to hit the brakes. Mm-hmm, but we've mm-hmm. been going around these windy roads so fast that our tires are... <laughs> literally smoking and so we get concerned like dude if our tires burn up we are we're dead you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so this was long before this sounds awful that i'm about to say this but i'm old enough to say it this is long before people would just walk around with water bottles oh yeah yeah pre-bottled pre-bottled yes yes that time did exist and nobody was carrying around thermoses or anything we got it from our faucet right we may have had sodas but (laughs) right right, so i think we took whatever sodas we had well that didn't help Mm-hmm. We don't have any water. We're on the side of a mountain. And so we made all the girls <laughs> go and stand on the tree line and face out. Face the wilderness. Face the wilderness and do not turn around. And we put our female chaperones behind them and just like, turn around. 
and we got all the boys to circle the tires and we peed on the tires. <laughs> <laughs> got to cool them off, baby. <laughs> there is nothing worse Ugh. than high school senior urine full of Mountain Dew <laughs> and burn rubber. The smell will be with me forever. Mm. That's number one. Number two, it worked. It worked. It worked. We put out the fire and didn't make it to the Smith house. It had closed by the time we got there, all because we had to take a pee break. And we wound up at a pizza hut. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah, that's a crazy one. I love it. One of many. I love it. Well, Stuart, thanks so much for being here with us. Thank you. We're going to go out to a little bit of music again. I could tell the I could tell the story about the time I spoke at Crowder Ridge on this on the on that goofy patio at eleven o'clock at night. No power. <laughs> no power. We need you to keep talking. <laughs> Just keep, come up here. And, yeah. Yeah. Shine a light. And one kid comes up to me afterwards. That was the best talk I've ever heard. I only spoke for ten minutes. That is not a compliment. We got some people in our church that tell us that. <laughs> Short sermons. That was the best one ever. I appreciate that, brother. May God be with you. Thanks so much, Stuart, for being with us. JT, are you with me? Oh, the Reno Fan Podcast brought to you by Renovation Church. We'll see you next time.